Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. We are in week three of a series we're calling Gains. We're just talking about the gains that I believe God wants us to have in our life, in our spiritual life. Uh, perhaps some of you have physical gains that you want to make this year. Uh, those are maybe some of your resolutions. Let me just ask you this question. How are you doing? How are you doing on your gains? So-so? Not a lot of chatter. <laughs> maybe it's kind of been a rough. I don't know if, if you're like me. Have you ever felt the, the frustration of, of the contradiction between what it is that you, you want to see happen in your life and then what is actually happening in your life. Does anybody feel that frustration ever? B- between the thing that you wanna do, that you wanna accomplish, the goal that you wanted to make this year, and then the reality of where you are. Today I wanna talk a little bit about that. And from God's word, if you have your Bible, open up to Romans. Uh, the book of Romans is where we have, have been. Um, and I wonder if you felt that way, not in just your New Year's resolutions, but in your pursuit of following Jesus, in your pursuit of becoming a follower of Christ. I wonder if you've ever felt the, the frustration of those conflicts that, that, uh, and contradictions that exist inside of you. Um, maybe you desire to accomplish something this year or do something. You, you set a goal and you fell short. Hello, New Year's resolutions. You didn't make good on it. Or I wonder if you felt the, the frustration of saying, I want to do blank, fill in the blank, and you just, you, that never happened. Does that happen to you? Uh, it happened to me a few years ago. I, I think I mentioned it to the church, in fact, that I wanted to do, like this year was gonna be the year I was gonna do the Beast on the Bay. We got any Beast on the Bay people in the house? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, a few of you. I even put it out to the church because I thought that might give me some accountability. Like if I put it out to a couple thousand people, they're gonna ask me, how are you doing on your training? I was just determined I was gonna run the Beast on the Bay. If you don't know what that is, here in Erie, it's a 10 mile uh, or so race along Presque Isle and mainly in the sand, an obstacle course kind of race. And so I was gonna do it. And so this was a few years ago and I'm like, I'm gonna train hard. I I got some new shoes because I wanted to have, you know, a decent pair of running shoes. I even downloaded an app on my phone that was like from the couch to a you know, 10 mile run in 30 days or whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but I downloaded an app. I think I downloaded Strava. I wanted to track you know, some of my training. I was gonna run this 10 mile race. You know, at the end of that year, I don't think I'd run 10 miles combined. <laughs> Can I get a witness in the house? Like seriously, and it was this frustration of the contradiction that I had in my life between the thing that I wanted to do and then the thing that actually happened. And I think the reality is, especially in a a few weeks into the new year, we all have um, a beast on the bay kind of story. There's something in your life and perhaps you started out strong at the beginning of the year. You're like, this is gonna be the year. I'm finally gonna make some changes. I'm finally gonna see some gains in my, my life. And then, you know, the first week came and you're like, ah, uh, you kind of let it slide. And you're like, all right, all right, next Monday. Next Monday is gonna be my, my January 1st. You know, I'm gonna get started next Monday. And then, of course, the next Monday was the National College Football Championship game. And you can't start a diet on that Monday, right? You gotta eat wings and, and dip and beer maybe. I don't know. But you gotta, you know, you can't start a diet. Then some of you, tomorrow is your January 1st. 
You're ready to go. You're like, that's going to be my, my day. I'm going to kick this thing off. And the reality is we all feel this tension, this contradiction. I call it this tug of war inside of us between the thing that we want to do in our life and the thing that we actually end up achieving. Come on, are you with me? You feel that frustration? You feel that? That contradiction that exists inside of us. And I say this, you know why you're frustrated? It's not because you're a failure. It's because there is greatness inside of you. And when I say that, I know some of you will push back and say, that's preacher talk. It's actually not. That's what God's told us. In fact, in Ephesians, he tells us that you are his, his masterpiece or his handiwork. You've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. And so he's actually given you a purpose and a dream inside of your life. He wants to do immeasurably more through you than you can ask or, or imagine. God has put that inside of you. So that frustration that you feel when you don't hit that goal or hit that dream is not because you're a failure, it's because there is greatness inside of you. And God's plan for you is not to live a sedentary kind of uh, good intentioned life because how many of you know, you can have great intentions and zero follow through. Good intentions don't get it done. Good intentions don't make the grade. Good intentions don't make the, the team. Good intentions don't get you the promotion at work. Right, it's follow through. You have to have some action on that and there has to be discipline in order for there to be action. Somebody shout discipline. That's not a fun word. But today I wanna talk about our, our discipline because I believe God wants there to be growth in your life. Growth in your relationships, growth in your, your, your closeness to him, growth maybe financially, finally getting financially free this year, your financial stability. That God wants there to be growth. In other words, that we would make gains. And when we don't experience that, because here's my fear in this series called Gains, and my fear is that we're gonna run into the new year and say, all right, 2021, this is my year. You know, new me, new year, I'm gonna make it happen. But what happens when we fall short? What happens when, you know, we're, we're talking about changing our thinking and the desire to acquire or changing our influences, the friends around us, and we end up falling short one week or two weeks or three weeks into it. A lot of times we look at that and go, man, I had great aspirations for this year, but not a lot of follow through. And when we do that, we think it's because of a lack of discipline. But I submit that there's something different. I think it's partially true, but I submit perhaps you're drawing discipline from the wrong location in your life. And to help give you a different perspective on it, um, we're going to look at Paul in Romans chapter 7. If you're with me, say okay. In fact, say it with some attitude, say okay. All right, here we go. Paul, the guy that we've been kind of studying this book of Romans, uh, he's a wrote a lot of the New Testament of the Bible. He wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's be considered probably one of the greatest Christians that really ever walked the face of the earth. And he experienced this frustration that we all feel. The frustration of the contradiction inside of us between what it is that we wanna do and ultimately what it is that we do. And here's how he said it in verse 21. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I wanna do what is right, inevitably, I do what is wrong. 
I love God's law, or you could say God's word, with all my heart, but there's another power. There's this other urge. There's another craving. There's just something within me that is at war with my mind, he says. How many of you know that the minefield is the battlefield? That's where a lot of it stems from, and that's where we can have victory in our life. He says, the power makes me, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is within me. And then he kind of gets down on himself. And you can see it there. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. He's so frustrated. I wonder if you've ever been there. And just so frustrated, so sick of repeating the same patterns over and over. You wake up maybe and look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, man, I'm just so tired of this. Who will free me from this? I'm so miserable. And then he says in verse 25, I won't read it all, just the beginning. He says, thank God the answer is in who? Come on, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I wanna break this, this portion of text down a little bit. And I want you to hang with me. This, this is gonna be a little like a, a 757 taking off. I'm gonna need a lot of runway, but once we get this sucker up in the air, it's gonna be rocking and rolling, all right? Say, okay, okay. That's not going to be a thing. I promise I won't do that. That's just stupid. I won't say that. Okay, okay. So he says there's this contradiction. There's this battle inside of me that I want to do what's right, but I end up doing the thing that I ultimately don't want to do. If you've ever been there, say me too. He says, I have good intentions to respond right in situations, in situations where I want to respond in anger. You know, I I want to to change that and respond in love. But I don't end up responding in love. I end up responding with a a backhand, right? Or or there are situations I want to respond with forgiveness and understanding, but I find myself doing the thing that I don't want to do, and that is responding with with unforgiveness or responding with, with bitterness. There seems to be, he says, this war that is raging inside of me. And I want you to know there is a war. You already feel this war. You feel this tension that there's a a war. And I would say if you have placed your faith in Jesus, which let me just say right now, I know that's not everybody in the room. And in fact, we're so glad that you're here. Maybe you're just kicking the tires of faith and trying to figure out who God is. And and I'm praying that you have an encounter with God today, that you feel his love, you feel his his presence, that he draws you to him. And by the way, it's probably not gonna be from anything that I say or even the worship, but the Bible says it's his kindness that leads you to them. So hopefully it's somebody that welcomed you in the lobby today that's gonna set the, the stage for you to really experience the kindness and the love of God. But if you have crossed the line of faith, and if you have said yes to Jesus, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Somebody say new. You're new. The old is gone, the new has has come. There's this new you, there's this new nature that comes inside of you. However, what's inside of you is not just the new nature. You also still have the old you in there, the you that that doesn't want to respond with love all the time, the you that doesn't want to respond with forgiveness. There's there's the you that that doesn't want to live generously or or give generously, right? There's the the you that's, that's angry. There's this old nature living within you. And Paul says, we're wrestling this thing. 
There's this old nature and it's like a tug of war, like this, this battle that's happening in the life of a believer. So there's this new me that's been empowered by God, that has been filled with the, the Holy Spirit of God, that is, that is unconditionally loved and I've received that grace, but then there's also this old me as well. And these two are, are battling it out. So I got my hat representing the new me. And I want you guys to hang with me because I thought what a better way to, to set this up than to also show you the old me. Come on out here, old me. Old me. What's up, old me? So this is Matt Morgan. And I've been mistaken for Matt Morgan. In fact, let me just say right, no, no, just come stay over here. You make me look better. I want to be as big as Matt Morgan. In fact, it's kind of, it's just weird. It's like staring into a, a mirror of sexy. That's what it is. It's kind of like looking back at myself. There's never been so much handsome on this stage at one time. All right, so let's just say there's this old me, right? And then there's this new me. And then sometimes in my life when I, when I face temptation, right, the old me wants to, to experience that and just kind of get drawn into that temptation. But the, the new me, right, doesn't want to. And sometimes I can overcome that. Sometimes I can win those battles, I can have victory in my life, and that's, that's great. But there are other times, how many of you know I'm faced with temptation, and I just give in. Either I'm tired, I'm exhausted, just not in the right frame of mind, whatever it is, and, and you do the same. We just kind of fall into that old temptation. And so literally, there is this tug of war battle that's happening between the old me and the new me. Why don't you grab this old me? Did that tell you you look good? Awesome. So it's literally this tug of war in our life. So if I'm faced with a situation, right, man, the new me, the spirit inside of me wants to just kind of fight it. Don't give in. Don't fall into that temptation. But the old me is just kind of pulling me back that way too. And here's what I want you to know. If you don't get anything else today, the one that wins is based on the one that's the strongest. And the one that is the strongest depends on if you feed it the most. Are you with me? The one that you feed the most is the one that's strongest in your life. And so if I decide, yeah, I'm gonna feed the new me. I'm gonna do things that feed the spirit side, the, the, the new nature side of my life, then that's gonna be stronger than the old me. Colby, how do I do that? How do I feed the, the new me? Um, in fact, let, let me, I need some help. Come on, you think I'm on up here. Dale, come on up here. Here's what happens. The way you feed the new me, you're doing it right now, by the way. Come on, come on up here. Come on, up here too. Let's go. Yep, come on, let's do it. I'm gonna need some help. You're feeding it, by the way. When you come to church, hold this. You're feeding into the new me, right? You're, you're building that side of you. When you praise and worship, grab that rope too. When you praise and worship and you pray, right, that feeds the, the new me. Come on, help me out. I need your help. Let's go. Let's go new me side. Come on up here. When you get into God's word, right? Oh, Connor's big. I need somebody smaller. You're making me look bad, Connor. I'm, just, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding, kidding. 
When you feed that side of you, that's how this side gets stronger. He doesn't have a chance against this. Which, by the way, this is what I was thinking about. This right here, old me, new me, you know what this is a great picture of? A small group. This is what small groups do. They keep you accountable. They strengthen you. They pray with you. They care for you. And so what happens is when I'm tempted, right, and I'm struggling, I'm feeding that side of me. But how many of you know you can be a follower of Jesus and still battle the same things that you battled before? Because sometimes, go back down there, Dale, go on outside. Maybe you're fighting against lying, but you just continue to lie. And so this side of you is getting stronger and stronger. Or maybe, maybe it's lust. I'm sorry to call you out, but you're lust. <laughs> and, and you want to fight it, but you know what? You're still getting up in the middle of the night. And you're still going to log on to the computer when nobody knows that you're even awake. And you're still visiting those porn sites. And, and it's getting the better of you. Instead of allowing the Spirit of God to help you and pull that out of you and tossing that computer out of the window in Jesus' name and overcoming, but you're letting that pull you. And so even though you're a follower of Jesus, maybe bitterness has creeped up into your life. And so bitterness is now pulling and driving because you're feeding that. Are you with me? Whatever you feed gets strongest. And so you're feeding bitterness and, and you're deciding, you know what, I, I want to be bitter because, you know, it justifies my anger. And so everybody sees it and people avoid you and you're not friendly. They see you coming in the grocery store and they're like staying away from you because you have resting grump face, which is RGF, by the way. And they're avoiding you because of your, your bitterness. But if you would just see people differently and love people, come on back over here. You're not bitter. Come back over Love people differently. See people through the eyes of God, right? Then you would be feeding that spirit side of you. And it's not just the areas that we would call sin, by the way. Because a lot of us have things that we'd like to do in our health. And we find ourselves driving up to McDonald's when we know we shouldn't be there. Pulling on this side, it's like, I don't even know how I got here, ordering a Big Mac and, and a Coke and a Biggie Fry, right? I don't even know how I got here, but here I am. Or, or it could be impulse buying. Like we're trying to find freedom in our finances and we're trying to feed that side and, and honor God with our first and our best and we're doing that, but then we have an impulse buy moment. We're like, I don't even know how I got here. It's just, it's Kohl's. Kohl's is just so easy, they make it so easy. Right, I bought $37 at Kohl's, but it looked like I saved 157,000 on that receipt, right? Because that's what Kohl's done. And this is what Paul is saying. Who's gonna help me? I'm miserable from this. Who will save me from, you know, 30% off coupons and Kohl's cash? And I think when we get to this point, I'm not really gonna have you guys pull it out, but that might be funny. I'd like to see that. When we get to this point, here's what we think. It's just my determination. It's just my will. It's just my strength that's going to do it. But Paul says that's not it at all. That is not sustainable. That will not last. It is insufficient. He says, thank God, it's Jesus Christ. It's his power in me. Thank you guys, you guys can have a seat. I'll grab that from you. Appreciate it. Don't trip, little fellas. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you, buddy. 
Paul says it's not up to your willpower. Because if it was dependent upon you alone, there's no way that you could ever do it. He says, thank God it's Jesus. It's not Colby. It's not that I try harder and have to fight that temptation more. He says, no, it's, it's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. His power comes and lives inside of you that when you place your faith in Jesus, be, I gotta take this off, because of what he did on the cross, then immediately that sin is broken in your life. Right then and there. So come on, say amen to that. That's a great place. And when that happens, your eternal salvation is secure. That's another good place to say amen. Like, it's just, you're free. You're free. Those who are in Christ are free and free indeed. He wants to continually set you free. And he gives us something. Not only as a seal, as a deposit of that, that freedom and that salvation, but he gives us the person of the Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us in the truth, to give us the fruits of the spirit, to, to give us power and strength, to give us the, the fruits of, of love and patience and joy. And although I don't always respond with those, how many of you know it takes time for fruit to grow? It's, it starts out as a seed in our life. And so he gives those seeds to us that we need to, to feed in order to grow. So what happens is I don't have to do it with a self-empowered discipline. I move to a spirit-empowered discipline. That God is empowering me to go from victory to victory, from gains to gains. In fact, he says that I don't ever have to get into a situation where I, I have to, to rely on my own strength and willpower. I can get into a situation and say, I have a friend with me who sticks closer than a brother. In fact, I have a friend with me who lives on the inside of me. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, he will not let you uh, allow the temptation to be more than you can handle, more than you can stand against. But when tempted, he'll show you a way out. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So we can stand up in those moments. And that's why in this moment, I got a choice to make. Whether I'm gonna feed, right, the, the new me, the, the, the new nature, or am I going to feed the old nature? Which means I choose to respond in moments of anger with love instead of a punch to the throat. Some of you need to roll up into work tomorrow and that person that mouths off at you, you, you could tell them, hey, you better be glad I'm feeding the spirit right now because my old nature... Instead of, you know, firing back in relationships and struggles that you already, already have, you feed that new nature in your life and you win a battle that maybe nobody even knew that you were fighting because you don't have to depend upon yourself, but you have a spirit empowered life. That's why, by the way, this is not a January thing. You can do this in August and in September and you continually to feed that new nature side of you, and you say, hey, hey, you think I look good now? You think I'm you know, making great choices today? You just wait until October or November because I'm committed to feeding the spirit part in my, my life. I'm gonna end the year, and I'm gonna go, that thing right there, I got victory over it in 2021. And then the next year, I'm gonna get victory over the next thing in 2022 because I'm allowing God's spirit inside of me to to be stronger, that's what I'm feeding. Whatever's strongest is, is what you feed the most, and that's what wins in your life. And so feed that side of you, but it's also because of 
you've put more emphasis on the process over the product. And let me explain that. The product is the goal. The resolution that you set, the thing that you want to see accomplished, the, the thing that you want to do in your life, and the process is what gets you there. This the steps that you take in order to get that goal. So for some of you, the process so far, even in just the last few weeks, has been, I just got to try harder. I just got to commit more. I just got to dig in. More willpower, more willpower, more willpower. I got to be more, more you know, determined. And then when you fail, you think, well, that was just a bad goal. My goal was just broken. Let me tell you something. Your goal's not broken. Your process is. It's the way you're approaching the process. You need to change the process to say, I'm going to have discipline, but not my own discipline. I'm going to draw my discipline from somewhere else, the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ, thank God it's not up to me. It's up to him. This is what Pastor Craig Groeschel says. I like it. He said, a spirit-empowered discipline allows you to choose what you want most over what you want now. What is it that you want most this year? If you filter your decisions, if you direct your life with that question as the, the framework, like maybe you want most this year, financial stability. Like we know after 2020, nothing is certain. Jobs aren't certain, careers you know, aren't, aren't for certain. We could lose things in a, in, a, in a moment, in an instant. And so maybe you want to be financially free and set yourself up. So when the moment comes, right, and you want to make that impulse buy, you say, no, no, no. Because of the spirit of God in me, I'm going to choose what it is I want most, which is freedom. Which the, the Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. I want freedom from my finances. So you choose what you want most over what it is that you want right now. You want to give in to temptation? Not respond in a, a situation, perhaps, the way that God wants you to. You, you take a step back and say, with the, the help of God's spirit, I'm going to choose what I want most over what I want now. Are you with me? How would it change your life? How would it change this year if you took one area, one thing, and decided I'm going to choose through a spirit-empowered discipline what I want most over what I want now? Can I tell you something? It would have a domino effect in your life. It's not just going to influence that one thing, by the way. Rarely when you make a change in one area is it only impacting that one specific area. What I found in my life, when I make a change in one area, it causes a chain reaction into other areas in my life. That when I get one area under control and I have spirit-empowered discipline in that area, I feel more disciplined. And when I feel more disciplined in that area, it, it leads into better you know, discipline in other areas. It kind of just creates this momentum in my, my life. And what started out with being one small area has now blown up into other areas. Jesus said it like this in Luke 16. If you are faithful in a few things, faithful means consistent, Faithful means uh, disciplined in those areas. You'll be faithful in many. So it kind of expands into another area. But if you're dishonest with little things or unfaithful, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Another word we could substitute for faithful or consistency is the word habit. Somebody say habit. We all have habits. We are all disciplined in some area of our life. No, no, Colby, I'm not disciplined. Because I, I, I can't get out of bed. I just eat junk. Okay, you're disciplined to be lazy and to eat junk food. You're disciplined. Are you with me? That takes work too. 
Like we're all disciplined in areas of, of our life. We have disciplines, we have habits. And here's the, the deal about habits, write this down. Because we initially form our habits, but then our habits form us. The habits we form, form us. For good or bad, by the way. Whether you like it or not, positively or negatively, your habits are shaping you. So they can either propel you with good habits to, to, to better actions and, and better behaviors in your life, or they can detract from those. It can be a negative part of taking you to where you want to be. And Jesus said, when we're faithful with the little things, when we start small, if you're disciplined in the small habits, and that's going to bleed into other areas in your life, you'll be faithful with, with many, with more. So being faithful in the little leads to the greater gains in our life. And how many of you know we often want the greater gains but refuse to do the little things? We want the great gains, but we refuse to do some of the little things that will help to lead us there. I know people that are, man, they're, they're fired up about missions. They're fired up about going to a third world country and, and reaching the lost for Christ in the, in the big things, yet they won't walk across the street to the neighbor who is lost and broken and hurting. But they'll go to Zimbabwe. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they, they wanna do the big thing without first starting with the, the little thing. And Jesus is saying, if you'll just be faithful with your, your family, start there. Be faithful with the, the people in your workplace. Start, start there loving them and pointing them to Jesus. I will give you the greater things in your, your life. One small thing. What is one small thing that if you change consistently over time could radically change your life? For some of you, it's one habit. One habit of determining maybe this year with the exception of being sick or on vacation or having a baby that you're gonna be in church every single weekend. And honestly, there's, there's no excuses for people watching online either. That you make it a commitment to be in, in church pouring into the spirit side of you. Colby, how does that help me? How's that gonna help me grow? Because you'll surround yourself by the word of God and with the people of God and in the praises of God. And that will make a great impact in your, your life. Maybe that's the one area of your life you need to determine that I'm gonna change and I'm gonna make it a priority, a consistent habit in my, my life. I picked up a book. I highly recommend, it's called uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you wanna write that down and go back and read it, it's a great book on describing habits, how habits are formed, the way we can kind of change habits in our life and, and overcome certain habits in our life. There's a ton of great stuff in there. I wanna give you just two concepts out of that book. The first is that habits, write this down, are formed by cues, cravings, response, and then reward. So what that means is every habit that you have, doesn't matter what it is, you can go back and think about it, begins with a cue. And that could be something that you see, something that you hear, it could be an environmental cue, it could be a smell, something is a cue that triggers a craving. And now you want that thing or are going to, to do that thing and that craving leads to a response which ultimately leads to a reward that you get that thing, whatever it was that you, you wanted. I have a cue, by the way. Every time I drive up Peach Street, my cue is I see this big red neon sign that says hot now. 
That's my cue. That cue of that light, if you know which one I'm talking about, um, it's a Krispy Kreme light. They're going to be in heaven, so I'm not worried about it when I die. But that light, when it says hot now, it means they're making donuts right now. And so, like, it starts this craving, this automatic craving inside of me. I mean, literally, your mouth can start watering and salivating. And the reason it does that is to prepare, you know, to, to, for moisture in your mouth so you can digest food. That's a whole other topic. Um, and it just starts this craving. And then, you know, the response is, I got to drive to Krispy Kreme and get me one of those fried dough balls of life change that are going on the conveyor belt, flipped over in the hot oil, that go under the waterfall of angel tears and come out <laughs> hot on the other side. That's what I want. And so my, my response is I drive to Krispy Kreme. My reward, I get a donut, right? And so that's, that's what happens. It's this cue, craving, response, reward. And because I know my cue, by the way, I avoid Upper Peace Street. Or I keep a cucumber in my car and I just munch on that. I've never done that. Won't be honest with my church. We all have cues. And some of you have a cue when someone offends you that it triggers this craving to get even. Got to get back at them. And so the response is you lash back out and the reward is like immediately you feel some instant gratification, man, I got him. But maybe that's followed by, you know, 10 minutes later of regret in your life. That's, that's your, your cue to that. Maybe, you know, you want to be financially free, but you have a, you have a cue that causes you to overspend and, and buy something. And the reward is you get that new thing, which by the way, you know, is not new for very long doesn't last that long, but that's a habit that you've created based on a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. And there was one more concept I want to share with you, and then I'll, I'll land this 757. It's called the Diderot effect. You can go back and read this. But Diderot was a, um, a French philosopher who wrote one of the first like encyclopedias. And there was a Russian empress that, that loved reading his encyclopedias, but Diderot himself, he was not very uh, wealthy at all. In fact, he lived in poverty. And his daughter was going to get married and they didn't have money for the wedding. And this Russian empress heard about it. And so she bought the entire collection of encyclopedias from this guy. Uh, I think it was worth like 100,000 pounds, which would be a lot more for us, you know, today or whatever it was. And he got all that money and he had the wedding, you know, of her dreams. And then he also bought for himself this red scarlet robe. And as soon as he got this red scarlet robe, he looked around his house and he thought, huh, all my other stuff is junk. And so it seemed out of place with everything else. And so he replaced his couch, bought a new couch, upgraded his, you know, uh, couch to a leather couch. He changed out the rug for like a, a Persian rug and he just started buying. It just kind of created this cycle. And the Diderot effect says this, obtaining a new possession often creates a spiral of consumption leading to additional purchases. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You got the dress, so now you got to get the shoes. And now you got the shoes, you got to get the purse to go with it, right? And of course, the earrings that you had aren't going to match the new outfit. Or you got one tattoo, and then you look, you're like, man, I want to get another one. It kind of leads 
to this spiral of, of additional purchases. And this pattern is not just a pattern in spending. He says this, we often decide what to do next based on what we just did. So there is no behavior that you do that is in isolation from other behaviors. Each action you take becomes a cue for the next behavior. So it's this idea that one habit, one healthy habit, good habit triggers something else that creates another healthy habit. And it causes this, this momentum. Maybe your one healthy habit is you get up every morning and you make the bed. And when you make the bed, you just kind of feel disciplined. And because you made the bed, you start to organize and pick up, pick up the room. And because you picked up the room, now you, you have laundry that you want to go do. Are you with me? You fall on how this works. It's just one habit leads to another habit and another healthy habit and another healthy habit after that. Here's what it is for me. If I eat good to start out the day, I feel disciplined. And if I feel disciplined, then I'm, chances are I'm gonna work out, I'm gonna exercise. And if I exercise, I'm gonna feel better, I'm gonna feel more energetic, I'm gonna feel more awake, you know, ready to tackle the day. And when I feel that way, I feel like I'm more sensitive to hearing God's voice. And when I hear God's voice better in my life, it gives me more direction, more vision, I'm more creative in planning you know, messages and series. It helps me be a better leader with my staff. It helps me not get angry. It helps me kind of perform better, lead better meetings, be excited, you know, pull out potential in people. It helps me be a better dad when I go home. And if I'm a better dad, it helps me be a better husband you know, with my wife. And if I'm a better husband to my wife, come on, that helps me later on. You know what I'm talking about? Helps my wife be better to me. Amen. All because I ate good. One thing led into this chain reaction, but can I tell you something? The opposite is true as well. Like if I don't eat good, then I, then I you know, am cranky. I feel horrible. I don't want to work out if I don't eat good. And if I don't work out, I don't have a lot of energy. If I don't have a lot of energy, I go to work frustrated. Don't feel like I'm hearing from God clearly, hearing his voice in my life, I, I feel like I don't have a lot of patience. The staff's getting on my nerves. In fact, I fire everybody and I fire myself included. And then we don't even have a church to go to all because I didn't eat good that day. It's a little extreme, I know. But it's the idea that one good behavior begins to create this chain reaction of positive momentum in your life. I don't want you to look at your life and think about, man, I failed it here and here and here and here, and I have all this stuff in my life to overcome. What is the one area, the one decision you can say, I'm gonna feed this spirit, the new me. I'm gonna feed the spirit of God in my life. And I promise you, if you decide, what is this one area of my life that I'm gonna determine, I'm gonna make choices that lead me to what I want most instead of what I want now, that one thing will have a chain reaction into all the other areas. I think we can get overwhelmed. And I had too much lust going on, I drank too much, I did all these things that were just terrible. What is one thing that you can do that will start to bleed into the other? It's giving you victory over the old you. I think one thing you can do is get in a group. 
man, get some people around you. That's an easy step to have some people that will help hold you accountable to speak into your life that know you and you know them. We say it all the time because we mean it. A group literally could save your life. There are people living in isolation. There are people thinking about suicide, about ending it all, thinking that it's just, it's too much for them to handle. You were not meant to do life alone. You cannot do life in isolation. And even if you're watching online, that's no excuse. Join an online group. Do you hear me? Like what's the one thing that you can do that will radically change the rest of your life so you can find victory, so you can live in some gains because we all have this tug of war on going on, every single one of us in this room. Between the things that we wanna do and the things that we end up doing, we all feel the frustration of that contradiction in our life. But here's the thing, you don't have to do it on your own. In fact, I submit it's when you present yourself and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm too weak and you humble yourself before God, that's when he gets involved, the Bible says. And that's when he gives you strength that you didn't even know you had. That's when he gives you strength to face whatever it is you're, you're facing. If you would choose in that moment to feed the spirit of God inside of you, if you're with me, say, okay. Stand to your feet. God, I pray right now for every person in this room I know this is a beginning to a new year, but also know, God, that just time and distance has a way of drawing us back into old patterns and old habits in our life. And I want this to be a moment of recommitment. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've crossed that line of faith and the old is gone, the new has come, maybe this is the moment right now you once again say, God, I just recommit my life to, to feeding the spirit of God inside of me. I'm gonna to come to church, I'm gonna worship, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tithe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna to commit to doing those things because those things are uh, cause a chain reaction to leading to better habits in my life. So God, I'm gonna feed that part of me, but maybe you're in this room or you're watching online and you've never crossed the line of faith. And you should know that not only did Jesus come to to rescue you from your sins and your shame and your guilt and all the ways that we screw up and, and mess up and to give you a freedom in your life and for you to have eternity secure in heaven one day. He didn't just come for that. He came for the tension that you feel right now between right and wrong, between flesh and spirit. And he came to give his life as a sacrifice for you so that we can have the Holy Spirit live inside of us and lead us into truth, give us fruits, give us gifts, develop uh, perseverance in our lives, just strengthen us from the inside out because we were not meant to do this on our own, on our own strength, on our own willpower, but through his spirit. It is not by my power or by might, says the Lord, but by my spirit. Maybe you've never received Jesus as your savior. I want to lead you in a prayer that does that right now. If God is drawing you to him, the Bible makes it clear as we confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord. We believe that God raised his son from the dead because he conquered it once and for all, then we would be saved. 
Maybe that's your prayer today. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. You just say something like this. Jesus, today, I give you my life. I repent for my sin. I'm lost without you. I need a Savior to save me. And I need a Holy Spirit to lead me. I ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me. Give me new life. Give me new life. In Jesus' mighty name, I confess you as Lord and as Savior. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Celebrate with those in the room. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.